Good to have each of you in the Lord's house this morning. Let's open up with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you that we could come and worship you this morning. We thank you for each person who has taken the, the time this morning to come and worship you in person. And I pray that you would bless them for that. I do pray for our church family who are both near and far, folks who are on the live stream. I pray that you would bless them and watch over them today. Those who are sick, I pray that you'd raise them up from their sick bed. And Lord, I just pray that this morning in every way we might honor you. And again, we thank you for the way you watch over us, the way you care for us. We do pray for our community and our country as uh, COVID continues to just ramp up and spread. I pray that it would be you that would give wisdom and protection. And again, we rest in you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Every knee will bow before the lion and the 
at Christmas time every year, we do a special offering uh, and we try to use it to minister to boys and girls around the world in different ways. And of course, at Christmas, we did the same thing this year. And then also Kim Ram, she has uh, a business that's a health health business. What, Andre, what's the name of the business? Oh, I didn't see you, Kim. I'm sorry. And so Kim has a business. Kim, Kim stand up and explain your business because every year you help out even greater concerning this effort at Christmas for boys and girls. And the business is Loving Life, and, it, and, it, and you work with clients to just help them exercise and have... A healthy lifestyle, lifestyle changes for the long haul. Everything from diet to activity. Yeah, to stress management, to hopefully giving them the gospel. Amen, amen. And how many people participated? Low in numbers, but really great response. Absolutely. So Kim's business, Love and Life, and the church, every year she raises money through this Christmas challenge, and then we add to it, and then we as a church do some different things. So if you'll remember, we sent shoebox gifts to the Navajo Reservation, Brother Ken Norris, and I showed you pictures of that. And then we also sent money to... Uh, a missionary by the name of Dan Lindsay, and he's in Liberia. Dan is a retired pastor. So let's go ahead and pull that up. Uh, him and his wife, they retired from pastoring and chose to go to Liberia for a few years to help establish a radio ministry there and also to help minister to in a church and children in the area. So Dan was my roommate in college. He, uh, when he told me he was retiring and go to Liberia, I told him, I said, well, come and report to our church. And COVID hit. So he went to Liberia without reporting to churches. Um, and he's just using his retirement and that kind of thing to uh, minister there. But we wanted to help out with the children in his area. So um, we reached out over Christmas and as you can see, it's a it's kind of a jungly greenish community. <laughs> Here we go. So that's Brother Dan standing right there in the middle. He was a roommate of mine, freshman year of college, and him and his wife, I think her name is Connie. She was not our roommate in college, so I did not know her as well. In fact, he didn't even meet her until after college. But um, Liberia is one of the very poorest countries in all of Africa. And they're establishing a radio ministry to reach out through all that region. Um, we sent money for food and gifts as a church. And um, here, Dan sent me this picture. He said, that's oil that will be put into quantities for families and um, rice and corn that they're buying and going to take. These are boys and girls receiving gifts that our church bought for them over there in Liberia. 
uh, through that ministry. This is a, if you can read the sign above it, it says it's Dewelly Children Welfare Home. And what this is, is one of the orphanages in the community that cares for these children. And that's Connie, Danny's wife, uh, Dan. He stopped being Danny after he graduated college. Um, but uh, that's his wife and they're giving gifts that we bought over there. And why do we do these things? Because Christmas is such an opportunity to give, isn't it? And there are so many people around the world who are so, so less fortunate than we. Um, and this is just one little thing that we did. The uh, money that Kim raised, and then we added to it as well, we sent to our missionary over in Ro Romania, Rika. If you remember, his wife, Kathy, passed away from COVID this last year. And so both Kim and then we added to it, we sent money over there for their ministry to children because uh, Kathy was very, very involved in ministering to children. And Rika wrote me back and he said he met with his children and they talked about the money and they decided the best investment of that money was to better be able to minister to the children, many children in their poor area come to their church for food, for education, for, um, for church, for Christ. So they used the money Kim sent and we sent to go ahead and start rebuilding and resupplying their whole children's ministry area. So we're looking forward to getting some pictures from him about that. They're working on that now. And um, you make a difference. And I know this Christmas has been just kind of all broken up with all different things. And I know a lot of people are live streaming and not coming to church. But I want, I want, you, I want you to see what you are doing and how you're doing it around the world. Okay, I think I'm supposed to turn it back over to our song leader. All right, thank you very much. Let's all stand and together we lift up our voices as we sing actually one of our mission songs, Facing a Task Unfinished, and then How Great is Our God.
our God one more time. Testament to Matthew chapter 16. We're going to look at verses 24 through 26 this morning. I'd encourage you inside your bulletins and for those who are live streaming the services, I know that um, Ashley is sending the bulletin via online as well. 
and we have inside there a little insert. We may do that again, oh, a little farther into the spring, but it's just a volunteer sheet. If you're interested in volunteering and helping with different things, check that off and um, either give it to myself or John or Ashley or you can just lay it up here at the front and we'll accumulate all those. And that way we have kind of, we maintain a call list of people who have volunteered to help in some different way. And when we have a need, we reach out. So if you'd like to do that, we'd love to have you participate. Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 26. Title of my message this morning is Four Probing Questions. And what we find here is the Lord Jesus Christ talking, teaching, and he starts off with a question that triggers each statement he makes. It links it to that question. So look with me, if you would, at chapter 16, verse 24. And I want you to see how it starts. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So I want you to notice here in verse 24, it starts off with him saying, I then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me. So he starts off with that if. And if is kind of a question. He's triggering this whole sequence of introspection. He's saying if. So if a man will follow me. There are four questions I want to show you in here. If any man will come after me, he certainly questions our sincerity. The next thing he says, let him deny himself. He's questioning our humility. And for us to question it ourselves. He says, take up your cross. And there he's questioning our willingness to sacrifice. And then he also says, follow me. There he questions our purpose. So when you link this all together, we understand that what Christ is doing is he's wanting his disciples to step back and understand that if we're going to follow him, if we're willing to do that, then all the others should fall into place as well. As we have just, only a couple weeks now, launched into less than two weeks, the year 2022, we as Christians want to ask ourselves, well, am I part of the answer or am I part of the question? If I'm part of the answer, then I embrace these things and live these things. If I'm part of the question, then I'm still thinking about it, pondering it, considering it. So let's go down through it with Christ. We're his disciples. He's talking to us. So let's consider these things. He starts off by saying, if any man will come after me, are we sincere enough? to turn from the life that we are living and turn to him and say, yes, I am willing to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Or are you only a taster of the things of Christ? In fact, Hebrews talks about that. Let's turn over to Hebrews chapter six. 
And I want you to listen as the Hebrews, uh, the book of Hebrews talks about those who are not real partakers, but just tasters. Listen to what he says in Hebrews 6, verses 4 down through 6. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. If they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. So the book of Hebrews talks about those who, it's not that they have chosen to be a follower of Christ, but they'd like to taste it. They'd like to, you know, maybe experience a little bit of it, kind of uh, be a little experimental about understanding Christianity, but not an actual partaker of that which God has offered to them. You know, Revelation 3.20 tells us that Christ stands at the door. In fact, the verse says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. The difference between following Christ is opening the door and saying, Yes, Lord, come in. Those who taste Christ walk up to the door and they talk to him through the screen door or the glass door, but they never let him in. And so here he's posing a question. He's asking us, have we sincerely chosen to follow Christ? As we go into the year 2022, are we genuine followers or are we merely voyeuristic? Watching and looking and considering, but not participating and taking. So he's questioning our sincerity. And you and I are the only ones who can really look in our hearts between us and God and ask ourselves, am I a follower of Christ? Have I come to the Lord and said, yes, I am a sinner and I fully understand it. And yes, I recognize you as the Savior. And I confess myself as a sinner and accept you as my Savior. Opening the door that he might come in and sup with you. He might come in and be your Savior, your Redeemer. But he doesn't leave it there, does he? He builds upon that. So when we look there at verse 24, he comes down a little farther. It says, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So we find here that he mentions that we need to deny ourselves. And we have to ask ourselves, am I willing to humble myself? Is that part of who I am to, to embrace the humility of saying yes, I am willing to lay myself aside that Jesus Christ might reign. Turn with me, if you would, to the Old Testament, to the book of Isaiah. And I want you to look with me at Isaiah chapter 64. And here you, what you find is uh, the prophet talking to you and I about our need in this life and our need to be yielded to him because we ourselves are sinners. Look at Isaiah 64 with me. I've got to get there myself. Isaiah 64, verses 6 down through 8, it says, But we are all as unclean things, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. 
And we all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. So he's describing to you and I the frailty of ourselves, the sinfulness of ourselves. And then he continues on down in verse 7. He says, And there is none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us, and hast consumed us because of our iniquities. He reminds us of our shortcomings. Now listen to verse 8 though. But now, O Lord, thou art our father. We are the clay. Thou art the potter. And we all are the work of thy hand. So Isaiah reminds us, yes, we are sinners. Yes, we are undone. Yes, in fact, our sins have taken us away, even as the wind blows a leaf. But then he comes down and he reminds us, but God is our father. He is the potter that if we will allow him, he'll shape us and make us and mold us. At this time in history, everybody understood the work of a potter. You and I, we don't, I mean, you have to go to some kind of a, a, an old village or something, or you've got to choose to go to a pottery house to see a pottery maker. But at this time in history, every village had pottery makers. In our foyer, if you look in the little glass displays, you'll see handmade pottery lamps and little pottery jars. Everything then was driven by local tradespeople. So as soon as Isaiah talks about this, People understood how that the clay had to yield itself to the shape and form that the potter wanted it to be. And here Christ is speaking to us. And he's asking us, are we willing to deny ourselves? Are we willing to yield to the potter? Are we willing to be shaped and molded and made into what God wants us to be? Matthew 16, 25 says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall save it. Now that's such an interesting paradox when you read that. And he makes you and I sit back as a philosopher and think and consider what he's just said to us. He's saying to you and I that if, yes, we've decided to be a follower of Christ, then we must give our life to him. We lose our life, but thereby we have our life. But when we say, no, I am not going to give my life to Christ, then ultimately we lose our life and we perish. So here we find in the scriptures that as Christ teaches his disciples, these probing questions stir us to reflect and to think and to consider, yes, I'm willing or not willing to follow Christ. And if I am willing to follow Christ, am I willing to humble myself and deny myself that he might mold me, make me, shape me into what he would have me to be? As you come down a little bit farther, look again with me at Matthew 16. Look down, if, it, if you would, as we continue through verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. So here he 
poses the question of sacrifice. Are you and I willing to take up our cross as he took up his cross? Are we willing to follow him as he endured the suffering and the sacrifice? Are we as well, as well willing to offer ourselves? Are we willing to trudge that hard journey that life might bring and all with a desire to glorify God? Are we willing to take up our cross? Look with me, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And you and I, we are faced with that in our daily lives. Uh, even during this COVID, we ask ourselves, do I continue to, to worship and love my God or do I blame God for COVID? Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day about COVID and, and they began to go off on China. And, and I, I said, absolutely, I hear you. and probably even may agree with you, but it's not gonna do us a lot of good sitting here in some living room in Vermont to rant and rave about something that happened on the other side of the world, is it? No, we have to deal with it here. We're not gonna change what takes place on the global landscape concerning all that's transpiring, but we do deal with it right here. We're gonna bear our own cross right here, aren't we? Second Timothy chapter three, look with me if you would, down to verses 10, down through 14. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all, the Lord delivered me. So just listen to that for a minute. The Apostle Paul, what did he endure? What did he have to go through? He says, listen, you've seen my doctrine. You've heard me teach and preach. You know my manner of life and very purpose. You understand and see my faith. And you also understanding my long suffering, my love, my charity, my patience. But then listen to verse 11. He says, you've seen my persecutions, my afflictions, which came on to me in Antioch and Iconia and Lystra. What persecutions I endured. But out of them all, what's it say? The Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So he reminds us, he says, no matter who we are, if we have decided to be a follower of Christ, if we have allowed God to mold us and make us and shape us, we are going to face some tough roads. This morning in the Bible hour, I was teaching and we were talking about the nation of Israel as they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years and how that they had petitioned one of the kings in the wilderness to allow them to travel a trade route, a 3,000 year old trade route that was easier going. And that king said, no, you cannot travel down that route. And if you do, I will come with the sword. So the nation of Israel had to travel the rough, mountainous, perilous way. Sometimes we have to do that, don't we? Sometimes we are faced with the hard road. 
But even as the Apostle Paul said, the Lord God will go through that with us. He will take us through. So yes, we should be willing to answer, I will take up my cross. I will follow my Lord. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So you and I, yes, we do pick up our cross. We do bear the cross. The cross that God has molded and shaped our life to bear. Because we are a follower of Jesus Christ. And as we face that, Christ lives in and through each one of us. Christ knows those things that hold us back. He knows our weaknesses and our temptations. Do you remember the rich young man who came to Christ? And talk to him about eternal life. And in the conversation, Jesus looked at him and he said to him, take all your wealth and go give it to the poor. And it says that that young man walked away saddened and dejected. Why? Because he was not willing. He thought to himself, well, if the choice is eternal life or my riches, I'm going to choose my riches. And for you and I, there are those times in our lives when we look at things and we say to ourselves, what would stop me from following Christ? What would hinder me from following Christ? What is the barrier that would prevent me from bearing my own cross as I humble myself and follow the Lord Jesus Christ? Certainly that rich man, God knew in his heart, he had a hurdle that he needed to overcome. There was the young man who was talking to the Lord Jesus Christ and he wanted to follow Christ in Matthew 8, 21. And Christ said to him, come and follow me. And he said, but I can't. I need to go back home and I need to bury my loved one. And Christ said, let the dead bury the dead. And he was dejected because he wasn't willing to do that. He wasn't willing to let go of that. Christ saw something in him where he understood that this person was not yet ready. He was not yet willing to follow Christ. He had this barrier between him and his willingness to be molded in the potter's hand. His willingness to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I in our lives, we have to look ourselves at our heart. We have to face that question. Am I willing to take up my cross is there something in my life that is such a barrier that I look at it and I think, no, I wouldn't follow Christ if I had to step over that barrier. Jesus wants us to seek that introspection that we ourselves might begin to come to that place where we say, Lord, I give you my all. I yield myself to you. I humble myself into your hands and I trust that you will care for me. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape, that ye may be able to bear it. 
The point of the scripture is, if we will but just trust him and yield to him, whatever the test, whatever the temptation, whatever the trial, whatever the hurdle or mountaintop, if we will but just yield to him, he will give us away. The nation of Israel, as they were refused the trade route that today is a highway in the country of Jordan, when they were refused passage, they had to go through the mountain ways. But God took them through. It was a rough journey. It was a hard journey. But God took them through. When we go back and look at the last of these probing questions, these teachings of Jesus, look with me again at verse 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Following Christ really comes down to purpose. Who am I? What do I do? What's my goals, my objectives? Is it to be the richest person who ever lived? The most influential, the most powerful? Or is it to do my best and follow Jesus? Whatever he leads me to be. Maybe he leads you to be the president of the United States. Or maybe he leads you to be a, a humble market owner or a, you know, a, a humble teacher of others. But whatever it is, we face it following Christ. It becomes our identity. It becomes our purpose. I am a follower of Christ. Whether I'm a plumber, an electrician, a nurse, a teacher, a scientist, a, a politician, whatever it may be, it becomes our identity. I am a follower of Christ. Years ago, I went uh, and uh, to see the seven, the seven churches of Asia Minor in, in the beginning of the book of Revelation. And as you go to those ancient ruins there in Turkey, you come down along and in different places, they'll show you chiseled into the stone pathways of, of cities that were contemporary to the apostles. They'll show you chiseled into the stone little symbols. And those symbols in the walkways told people what were in these houses or what were down these avenues. Some of them might show that this is a market way for food. Or some of them were just little marks in the stone that indicated this was a place where Christians were. They were identified that these people were followers of Jesus Christ. So when you came to that city, maybe it was the city of Ephesus, you'd come and you'd be journeying along and you're looking and there's the temple of Diana. You come along, oh, and there's a little mark in the stone. If I inquire here, these people are a follower of Jesus Christ. You and I today, it's the same question in us. What is our purpose? There are people who are driven by many different things. And the year 2022 will challenge every one of us about who and what we are. Am I a, am I a person of faith, person of courage? Am I a person of fear? Am I a person 
of leadership, person of a follower. All of us, all the time, we are faced with these questions, aren't we? In many, so many different ways. This week I popped over to see Harmon at his house. He had his second knee surgery this week. And I, I go in there, he's sitting in his uh, recliner. And man alive, I look at those incisions on his knees. Those things, I think they were about that big. They looked about that big to me. You know, but I think they were about that big. Would you say, Kathy? Yeah, they're long. Right down his whole knee. Now, see, I look at that and I think to myself, wow. That takes courage to let somebody do that to you. And I, I, I don't care whether you're male, female, young or old. To go, to the, go and know they're going to cut your whole knee open. Or like Kelly, she had her hips replaced three times. The only three-hipped woman I know. <laughs> but they go in there and they cut that up. That takes a lot of courage. Because you know it's going to be a long recovery. It's going to be hard. But you do it for the reward. You say to yourself, if I don't do it, I'm, I'm going to be disabled. I'm not going to be able to move and, and do what I want to do in life. So I muster the courage to go and face this. And you and I, we're going to be faced with decisions like that throughout our lives, aren't we? I saw a picture of a mom and a dad dropping off their little tyke for the first day of school. One day, back here we have these little babies. One day these parents of babies, they're going to have to walk their little tyke up to the first day of school, whether it's homeschool or whatever, however they have to do it. But it takes a little courage to take that step to release and let that child grow. We're all faced with these, aren't we? I was talking to a, somebody here just recently who retired. And when, and when you're young, you think retirement, Wow, that's going to be so great. But when then they get to retirement, they're looking and they're thinking, hmm, oh, I don't know. I've gone to work every day of my life. That's where my peer circle is. It's what I do. And to change your whole life, that's a big decision. That takes a lot of courage. Here, the Lord Jesus Christ, he poses the question, will you follow me? If you're going to be a person who says you're a believer in me, and you're going to go ahead and humble yourself, yield yourself, if you're really going to go ahead and be willing to bear your cross and to press on for me, will you follow me wherever I will take you? Whatever comes into life, will you follow me? That's a deep and probing question. And you and I who are committed to the Lord Jesus Christ, we look at that question and say, yes, Lord, here am I. So send me wherever you want me to go. Like Brother Dan, who I went to school with, when he retired from pastoring, he wanted to serve the Lord still. And him and his wife took their retirement and now they're in Liberia. It's only going to do it for a few years. 
But wow, what a step to take. And you and I in our lives this year, going into 2022, what does God have for you? And are you willing to take the step? Are you willing to lay aside that which would hinder you? Step over that hurdle. Let him mold me, mold you, shape you, make you. That you might be a follower of Jesus Christ. Let's take a moment and bow our heads. And let's, let's meditate on this for just a minute. As we bow our heads and we look in our hearts, Christ, Christ asks that simple question, if any man will come after me. And then he launches into this teaching about denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following him. As your head is bowed, as you contemplate those questions, what are you going to do with that today? We've sat at the feet of Jesus. We've listened to his teaching. Father in heaven, as we look into our hearts and our souls, if there be one person here who's not yet received you as, as, as their personal savior, I pray that today would be the day that they would yield to you, accept you into their hearts and into their lives, choosing to answer the door and open the door as you knock at their heart's door. And Lord, for, for all of us who have taken that step, I pray that you'd stir our hearts. Help us to contemplate these deep and probing questions about denying ourselves, taking up our cross, and following you. Lord, we thank you that you love us. And we are facing, as a people, as a community, as a country, as a world, a tough beginning for 2022. <clears throat> but Lord, I trust you. I believe you. You led the nation of Israel through the wilderness, even the highest mountain peaks in the deepest valleys, and they made it to the promised land. Lord, I believe you. I trust you. You will walk us through. Help us as your children, as your followers. Help us to follow you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for coming to the Lord's house this morning. Brother John has a song he's going to lead us in as we are getting ready to be dismissed. I'm going to, I'm going to close us in prayer after the song, but I'm going to do it from back there. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me, the world 
give us safety as we go to our homes. Help us to be a people who walk with you and follow you. Help us to influence our community, our friends, our family, that they too might find hope and strength in you. We thank you, Lord, in Christ's name we pray. Amen.